1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today.
0: I'm opening today's episode of Tuesday Night Jaw with a content warning. Today, we're going to be talking about the speaking out movement. And as such, that's going to include really sensitive subjects like sexual harassment sexual assault or rape of adults abuse of young people children I just want to be sure to remind you to pause or stop listening entirely if you need to all that matters is that you take care of yourself I'm going to pin some links to support resources over on Twitter you can find me there, I'm at bozzers if you're sticking around we'll get into the episode. If you're dipping out on this one, I just want you to know, I support you, I hear you, believe victims. Let's go. Hiya bab, how's it going? Welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw. I'm your new host Bozzers and if you missed the memo on that it's worthwhile listening to last week's episode in which former host Matt Richards hands that mantle to me and while I can't wait to talk about all the really brilliant stuff that comes with wrestling, the storylines, the madness, the history, interviews with talent, all that kind of fun stuff, before I can do that I need to acknowledge the very real pain that's being felt in our community. And I also feel like, internally, I've got to start asking myself some serious questions about what I want to see from wrestling going forward. Not in a storyline sense, nothing to do with championships, but to do with the way that those organisations are run and how they'll protect other wrestlers fans staff from abuse and the reason i've had to ask those questions if you're not privy to that information yet is that in june we saw a speaking out movement spark into motion and all kinds of people within wrestling fans performers They really bravely shared their experiences of abuse at the hands of trainers, other wrestlers, promoters, other people within the industry. And it was really awful to see. It was awful to see as a fan and it was pretty traumatic to experience as someone that has experienced abuse firsthand. I'm hoping that what it's done is spark a seismic shift within wrestling. And we've seen it already, we've seen promotions showing clear codes of conduct, we've seen them showing safeguarding policies, and we've seen equity, which is a union, call for wrestling companies to pledge and promise to make wrestling safer. There's a bunch of information, I'll be sure to share that information in the description of this podcast, so hopefully you'll be able to Click on those links and read further because I think further research does need to be done. Because, first and foremost, I need to say that this podcast isn't a lesson. I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm not here to tell you what you should be asking from promotions. I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong if those things don't matter to you. All I'm here to do is open that conversation if it's not one that you've had with people already. So whether you want to chat to me about it over on Twitter or whether you want to chat to your friends in wrestling about it, I want us to ask what it is that we want to see from wrestling to make it safer so that people aren't abused because the situation has been pretty diabolical and I can't help but feel that... If there was more secure policies in place, if there were rules and codes, then a lot of what's happened might not have happened. The thing to remember with this is, and this is something that scares me to be honest, we've got no overarching boss of wrestling. There's nobody to tell promotions what they should and shouldn't be doing. There's no one to say to training schools, this is what you need to have in order to prove that you're safe. So while a martial arts school has a code of conduct that people have to adhere to, wrestling doesn't have that. It's a bit of a free-for-all and I can't help but feel that that has played into this culture of abuse. It's been great to see the way that people have taken the speaking out movement seriously. What I'm going to do is just cast my eye over the map at what different promoters and different promotions have said that they're going to do going forward to make wrestling a safer place so i'll just cast my eye across the map starting up at icw in scotland at the time of recording this they'd said that they were assuring fans they would investigate allegations of misconduct This was quite early on in the speaking out movement so it was around June the 22nd they said that they would be creating two new roles of talent welfare officers and they added that they'd be putting a selection of their staff and roster members on a positive mental health Scotland course to become qualified mental health first aiders. Obviously that stuff's wicked and hopefully in practice it will be really beneficial. What they're doing to help fans that have been affected by speaking out or what policies they're they're going to put in place at the time of recording hasn't yet been announced so if i've got any other information you may find that future editing buzzers <laughs> pops in and adds information um but at the time of, of of recording this that's all we've had from icw further down the map in liverpool fighting spirit which is the promotion run by james drake and zach gibson they're a WWE tech team, I'm sure you know. Um, they've got a training school and quite early on, they shared their code of conduct and safeguarding policies for trainees. Worth going and checking that out. And I would say that for all of your lo- your local promotions, go to your local promotion and see what steps they're taking before you consider taking money out of your pocket and supporting them. Hopefully, when coronavirus i mean this this seems flippant saying it now considering at the time of recording this all of the north pretty much has has been locked down again but if promotions in the wake of coronavirus i don't know when you're listening to this start to open up again it's just really important taking a look at what they're doing and that's what this conversation i hope today will be a look at what those things actually mean, things like the Code of Conduct or Safeguarding or whatever, in practice, um, and just getting a handle on how you feel about it, what you feel comfortable with, and what you need personally in order to feel comfortable spending that money. Just going back to the map then, Future Shock in the northwest on June the 22nd, they assured fans that they'd be revising their safeguarding policies. we yet to see them, but good to know that they're working on it. Fight Club Pro... Um, I've had a bit of a blackout since since the Speaking Out movement began. They said that no training or shows would happen until every aspect of safety is addressed with relevant authorities and implemented. That was the last we heard from them. I know that they refunded the remaining season ticket cost for the rest of the year for their uh, fans. and 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 as far as I know, we've got no shows coming up for the rest of 2020. Over in Wales, Dragon Pro announced that they would be investigating matters further and they shared some important resources for people that were affected, which I thought was really helpful. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Dragon Pro going forward. And I'll probably say that for every promotion, because it will. It'll be interesting to see how things progress with them. Now, Progress Wrestling down in London, they're one of the biggest promotions in the UK. After a few pretty glaring missteps at the start... They brought in a new management team and it does seem that they've been doing loads of work behind the scenes because they came out this week, so last week at the time of you listening to this, with a super detailed blog. Um, They linked to documents for fans to consider. They had a manifesto, safeguarding policy, a whistleblowing policy, codes of conduct for talent and referees and crew. And they also had an audience policy as well. So lots to read and digest over there rev pro who also runs shows in london they haven't released a raft of documents for us to check out yet i'm hoping that that does come because i from personal perspective i think that wrestling needs that i think that fans need that just to know that that's happening but promoter andy quilden did give quite a few details on his concerns for the for British wrestling and the safety of British wrestling in a recent podcast. Um, It's since been retracted in parts, as I understand it, by its publisher. There were some pretty fatal errors in that that weren't necessarily, as far as I'm aware, related to Andy's approach. I think it was more the podcasters had included some information that shouldn't have been there. What Andy did say is that he wanted promoters involved in the industry discussions going forward. And a writer on Twitter asked Andy how we could get more information on rev pros approach in a digestible way that didn't involve sitting through this mega podcast and he did reply and say that a full short form breakdown of actions would be provided and he added that rev pro would be publishing its codes of conduct so at the time of recording this we don't have those yet if future buzzers has got anything to add i'll leave a breather for her here and if not then we haven't got any further information on that at the time of this going live. Elsewhere in the country, Riptide down in Brighton, they announced an indefinite hiatus. Um, They said that a huge amount of work was to be done if they intend to operate shows in a truly safe environment, so it will be worth seeing what happens with them. And OTT over in Ireland, they released a statement to say that they commended the bravery of people choosing to speak out They said that they would be taking the allegations seriously and taking appropriate action. And so that brings us to today's chat. Now, I asked some fellow fans over on Twitter the question, what is it that they, as pain punters, want to see from promotions before they feel comfortable attending shows again? Outside of the coronavirus stuff, that's important to mention because things like coronavirus testing and... Social distancing and all that kind of stuff, that's really important. But I want to separate it out if I can from this conversation today. It's still really important, don't get me wrong, I'm not discounting it. But just so that we can look at what we want from promotions in a post COVID world, I hope that makes sense. Now, there was a real mix of replies on that tweet. Someone said that they didn't want to see anything, that they just trusted that the companies will put the correct things in the correct places. Others called for transparency. That was that was a big thing. I think that was something that was repeated. There was a repeated call for transparency on the side of promoters. People wanted to see clear codes of conduct, clear safeguarding policies. Um, I know that what's been brilliant about the in-depth documentation that Progress have released, that a lot of people now feel comfortable going to Progress. But I think there's a bigger conversation to be had about, you know progress are a big business so they've got staff full-time staff that are able to to look at this and do this research and put together these documents now i don't know i guess we'll find out in practice if there's any flaws in those documents or how those documents work in practice um what i will say is it's brilliant to at least have that clarity lucy uh, lucy cave over at progress She posted a really clear blog in which she highlighted what the problems were and what work they've been doing to change things. And that's obviously absolutely brilliant. My concern is for the smaller promotions that don't have access to, maybe they don't have access access to the, just even things like the time that would be required. And while that's not good enough, we need to make sure that people have got that, taken that time, which I think is why we've got a blackout, a media blackout for the most part. The smaller promotions that can't afford to maybe implement things like, I don't know, safeguarding officers or whatever, I don't know. Now... I know that these matters are really complex and that's why I wanted to discuss them really and just make sense of what those things mean. So to help me look into some of these further, I've invited Nona Morana onto the podcast today. Uh, Like me, they're a fan, but they also penned a really well-considered open letter to British wrestling in which they called for fellow fans to hold promotions accountable. Uh, Nona has worked as a support worker aiding domestic abuse victims um, and so is no stranger to terms like safeguarding which at the moment feels like I know what it means um, but I think there's a lot more sort of digging to do so Nona hello Hello. How's it going?
2: um you know as well as can be expected.
0: This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with
2: uh i i feel like i've spent more time in uh an angry rage than i have uh in any other part of my life and i, I mean i've worked with victims of domestic abuse and still not been quite as angry but you know yeah it's 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 been a really
0: tough time obviously for for the victims of the abuse more than anything but but it just yeah. as as, as concerned fans it's it's hard to ignore like the very real impact that this has had on what is for a lot of us one of our main sources of like joy and one of our main outlets for fun
2: yeah yeah like, it's hard i think when it it hits so close to home mm. you know when it's your form of entertainment if it's your escapism and then you find out that it's it for want of a better word broken it's quite difficult um yeah mm.
0: now i know that that must have been what sparked you to write that open letter to brief wrestling in the first place because of that that passion and that, that desire to to want better and i know that in that you did call for fellow fans to start holding promoters accountable holding businesses effectively accountable yeah. um and i wanted to ask you a little bit more about what what do you mean by that how do we
2: hold promotions accountable um a lot of it is about understanding the gravity of the situation um this is not you know this is serious it's not kayfabe it's not pretend it's a serious issue um and there's a lot of people who are angry and are hurt um and those things need to be listened to um, you know they need to start putting their hands up and admitting where they had failings essentially to people's safety and um, where they haven't listened or haven't taken things seriously um, you know they need to start putting in the work to you know show there's a responsibility for their workers and you know their staff their trainees, and even their fans with their safety um because you know it's not good enough to just sort of say a, a few i mean we've seen some awful statements over the last few weeks, and some of the things that have been said um I saw somebody say something about virtue signaling i've seen that prop up quite a few times it's not about virtue signaling it's about doing the right thing and yes companies are going to face criticism f- for right or wrong um but unfortunately they've put themselves in disrepute mm. they've put themselves in a situation where they are going to be criticized because they haven't done basic things you know yeah and any company any business like you have to look at it
0: like a business. While I know that there's a lot of like after parties where you might know the promoter and they might be friendly. Like, no yeah. no business is is exempt from scrutiny, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's a lot
0: of talk about safeguarding and 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 that that's kind of a conversation. That's a word that's been bandied around, I feel, quite a lot. So people will say, Oh yeah, well the safeguarding almost like that means safe making sure that people are safe and i know that the care act defines that as protecting an adult's right to live in safety free from abuse and neglect but how does that realistically translate to a wrestling promotion what what in practice does that mean because that's the theory is fine but it's the, the link between the theory and the practice of it right that's important
2: um it comes down to like being empathetic and sensitive, first and foremost, I think that's something that a lot of places have failed, um, they fail to believe victims and that that in itself is a massive red flag. Um, There's also been a lot of instances where confidentiality has been, um, there's been breaches of it, Um, you know, discussing uh, certain cases and those kinds of things. Um, They can cause mistrial. They can also put the people mentioned at risk, Um, you know, risk of harassment and stuff. And within sort of whistleblowing policies and stuff, you can't do that. You know, you're breaking that. Um, But one of the other things that I wanted to raise is some statistics from the Home Office um, regarding false accusations um, in terms of the rates of rape or sexual assault. Um, they showed that 4% of are found or suspected to be false. And these figures can and have been inflated by other factors, such as police recording cases, as no crime or unfounded. And a lot of the things that come out of that are the facts that attitudes need to change around what we see in terms of believing victims. It's not enough to say, well, I don't believe them because I like this person, yeah. or I don't believe them because they were wearing things this that or the other it's not enough to be thinking that these excuses stand if four percent of all reports and that's only ones that are reported i should add because we know that this will not be every single person who has gone through this that will have reported it to the police um you know these attitudes need to change we need to start believing victims and understand you know there is there's accountability in not believing them there's you know i i'm sick of sort of seeing even threats towards victims to silence them in terms of taking lead legal proceedings because we know i mean, even just then and you know in the stats that i've read out most of these crimes are literally signed off as we can't do anything with them um there's not enough evidence there's you know there's not been a crime because someone may have retracted their um report you know we need to stop doing that because it's it's leaving those perpetrators open to commit more offenses
0: yeah because then there's a level of expectation i mean what i mentioned earlier about when i'd reached out to fans and asked them what they would want from their promoters and it comes back to this holding people accountable part but but what 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 are we going to expect what do we expect what should we expect from promotions
2: um oh gosh i mean there's lots of basics um things like dbs checks um dbs checks are uh they... they're quite fatally flawed aren't they i don't want to butt in when you're
0: when you oh, yeah, it. there.
2: there's there's a difficulty with DBS checks because unless you are affiliated, you cannot get what is called an enhanced DBS. At the moment, anyone, literally anybody who is listening to this right now can put in DBS check. They can go to their local authority website and they can get a basic DBS. Now, basic DBS covers you in terms of whether there are sort of uh, any criminal records, but they don't cover you in terms of uh, more serious crime i guess like I, I don't know how to describe that one um because it, it it's about you know sort of child offenses and stuff on top it's about the other bits that actually are really important for promotions trainers and so on um and it's something that does need to be addressed it is something that you know companies promotions training trainers trainees everybody especially in the industry needs to raise because uh enhanced dbs uh, as i understand it as well is only records from local authority which means that it may not be uh something you can use if you are say a trainer that you know may be trained in one area of the country to then go to another completely separate local authority Mm. um you know it's it's a bit of a minefield having a basic dbs i think shows some sort of jurisdiction in terms of responsibility hmm. but it is still it is still literally the bare minimum um you know it's something that does need to be raised yeah um you know in terms of other things that i would expect i would expect there to be safeguarding training to at least level one um with any sort of safeguarding you kind of you do need to have a mix of people in terms of you know you need to have some people who are at the top of safeguarding and then others who you know are at least have some training um a lot of that comes down to the fact that you should always at least have two people who know what they're doing with safeguarding Mm. um it's a lot to do with the fact that if something is missed you have somebody there to pick it up um you know it is literally it's again it's bare minimum in protection um but also because if you end up with somebody so usually if you have somebody at the top end of safeguarding they would be safeguarding officer and if they are in need of being reported for whatever you need somebody else who can come in and take a report with again confidentiality in mind and who is able to handle that report and investigate you know regardless of the safeguarding officer's position Mm. um I mean realistically you should always have two safeguarding officers but I think it's quite an ask of some companies you know i again i completely understand in terms of finances and stuff um having one safeguarding like leading safeguarding officer and then having everybody else safeguarding safeguarded trained um that kind of eliminates a lot of that issue and to be fair some people feel more comfortable talking to some you know to one person rather than other people and yeah. when it comes to particularly sexual assault and and those kind of uh, reports having somebody that they feel comfortable with is absolutely bottom line important yeah. um so you know everybody being safeguarding trained it helps with that it eliminates any discomfort necessarily that may come from only having some people in charge of that and then the rest getting on with it um mm uh other stuff i guess first aiders training for staff medics it shows absolute minimum um i think that goes without saying yeah uh there needs to be codes of conduct uh disciplinary procedures safeguarding procedures and they need to be public um whistleblowing policies
0: as well you know it's got to be that you can if if you have seen something awry in a locker room Mm -hmm. you've got to be able to go and speak to a promoter about it without thinking well that promoter's really good friends with them and I'll never be able to work here again I'll be
2: blackballed right there needs to be something in place for that Yeah, Yeah. You, you know whistleblowing policies need to be there I mean the NSPCC um, do have a five questions for sports clubs, which is quite a good thing to take as reference. Okay. Um, so one of the questions is, does the club have a safeguarding policy? And one of the recommendations that they have is that all policies are listed on the website okay, for good that club. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's no excuses. The NSPCC are asking for it. They should be there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other ones is, uh, who can I talk to? Um, again safeguarding contact uh, those things need to be transparent with clubs they need to make sure that they do outline who their staff are and what area that they are working in Um, i know that can change particularly with things like crew and stuff um, but again you know you just need to have your main staffing structure if that is the case and your crew is just people who are at the training schools and so on and so forth. I'm more concerned about the staffing structure of day to day um, than I am of, you know, annual, periodic, you know, uh, staff. Um but those staff as well actually should still have DBS checks. That's something I'm going to throw in there. They should have them. It, there's no reason why they shouldn't. Um, the third question is what training is there? Um, obviously, that is a little bit difficult, difficult, blah, difficult in professional wrestling. Um, there isn't really qualifications, as I understand it, in professional wrestling. But experience um, in terms of you know how long they've been wrestling for where where even they were trained and who they were trained by um I know that might be a difficult thing because of speaking out um but as long as those people were working safely I think that is the thing that I'm gonna have to take from that um you know and and when i say safety i mean things like not giving receipts and stiffing and that kind of stuff you know i'm talking in ring safety um you know the other stuff i'm boot them in the sea you know um the fourth question is what happens if there's an accident um so again first aiders medics and so on um and then the fifth question is have the staff been checked out um and it makes reference to things like recruitment and dbs checks um going through a proper recruitment process i know can be very difficult in the performing industry um because you know it's very different um but there still should be one um even if it is just much more of a we're just gonna have a chat and we're gonna go through our expectations and what we want from an individual what we expect um even having some sort of specification of what that person's involvement is um which i i think probably hasn't happened in some businesses cuz you know again money is tight people are having to do lots of different things but having a specification of what people do um again it's accountability it's transparency it's making sure people can pinpoint to the right people and companies can do that you know because they're not passing it around each other they're saying right no you're the person who's supposed to be dealing with this sort that you know um there's even um been i've heard rumors again it is rumors but rumors of they're not even being signed in and out records for training yeah. Um you know even on a fire regulation level that is shocking terrifying. That, um that's... there should always be a paper trail. And that sort of brings up a bigger problem
0: for me because my 7 year old nephew who is absolutely completely crazy about wrestling now which is a wonderful thing to behold. Um loves it at the moment he won't even sit front row at a show because he's like scared that the real baddies will get him, which is just wonderful to Aww. see. But it makes me think as he gets a little bit older, if he wants to go to training because he sees someone like Pete Dunn or someone from the city yeah. that he lives in going on and becoming this amazing superstar that's going to be in the Royal Rumble or whatever. Um it scares me that if he wanted to be a boxer, I could send him to a boxing school and I know that there's going to be some overarching organisation that has made sure that that boxing school is safe. I can check on their website. Yeah. There'll probably be some kind of tick or logo or accreditation and I can have yeah, peace of mind. Exactly, the, the martial arts, arts code. code yeah. So it means that I don't have to sit there and think about all of these things that we're talking about today because realistically it would be nice if as fans we aren't the ones that have to hold promotions accountable and that yeah. raises that big issue like you said about the martial arts code because if that code already exists in the world, yeah. why isn't wrestling under that? Why doesn't wrestling fall under that? So that I can see a tick and go, flipping out? that's fine then. I don't have to worry about yeah. these things. Yeah. From what yeah, I understand. And sorry, mate, go on.
2: It, it's one of those where I think a lot of people don't really understand that this is going to be a multi-agency um, sort of involvement to not i want to say fix but that probably isn't the right word because i don't think it is something that will be sort of fixed straight away and i think that's something that does need to be said Um, you know there's always gonna be something that potentially will have been overlooked because you don't want to believe that people would do xyz of things and yet they still surprise you with something else that's shitty abusive and horrible and you are literally back at having to see where that went wrong yeah um so as much as i want all of these things and i think they need to be there and fans should feel the same yeah there does need to be an understanding that that abusers will manipulate as much as they can to make those rules fit and make themselves back in, you know, get themselves back through the door and so we need to just be wary of that and understand that Um, you know, uh, in terms of the Martial Arts Code the MAC um, they would be a perfect building block for at least the start of a conversation around safeguarding um, because they are uh, the safeguarding agency um, for uh, contact sport excellent um they are multi-agency um they have like the nspcc and craft trust uh there's so many on there uh, there was like a a educare i think they're called um are also on there there's about six different agencies and so we'd be fooling ourselves if we thought this was you know just something that could just be implemented overnight a bunch of people ran it done it isn't it it has to be multi-agency involvement and things are going to have to overlap Um, you know, there's the chance of people like Equity having to come in and have discussions to sort of uh, look at protecting performers because I think the MAC are perfect for training schools but they wouldn't be perfect for shows um, because what their expectations are are for safeguarding within training facilities as opposed to, you know, performance Um, which is where Equity maybe fit part of it but again, like because they're i mean they're a union they're not a business they're a union they protect performers they help them with um legal assistance and advice you know they are there to make sure that the performer is protected as much as possible you know from being stiffed out of contracts and those kinds of things um that you know the the collaboration does need to come from all promotions um you know this whole rivalry thing that seems to crop up every now and again with promotions just needs to be dropped um i really i'm sorry if i sound crass but i really don't give a shit about what you think of other promotions um this is not about your hard feelings anymore um there are people who, who have been that it is hard to speak out about these kinds of things it can be humiliating it can be you know i don't know traumatizing it can be really difficult people aren't always that forgiving um you know like i said you will find that people just completely disbelieve um what is being said mm. um and <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's in the interest of the industry, I think, for everyone to be on the same page. Like, screw whatever your problems are. Worry about the fact that if this isn't fixed, you will not have a business to work with anymore. You know? Because the industry will be gone.
0: And from what I understand it, there is, well, I say from what I understand it, from the research that I have done... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, there is a all-party parliamentary group for wrestling that's been set up. That's yep. Alex Davis Jones, um, I believe. Alex is a Labour MP. We've got Mark Fletcher, Tory, uh, and then Danny Stone, Paul Burstow. There's a there's an organisation being set up, which hopefully will almost like defragging a computer will take all of these various parts and somehow help funnel them into everyone moving in the same direction because i think that's a really important thing to point out at this stage is obviously people are angry they see their friends and people they know and in some cases they have been hurt by what has been happening within wrestling and i know that what we want what i would love is for a big boss of wrestling with a big bag of money and loads of safeguarding qualifications to come along and fix this but the fact remains that there is no overarching boss of wrestling right there's no overarching wrestling organization that we can rely on to do this job which i guess is why i wanted to have this conversation in the first place because in a lot of situations with wrestling what fans want is often put on the back burner but in this instance unless we stand up and go this is what we want and we're not going to settle for anything less nothing will be done right because someone's got to do something which i think is why it just feels so frustrating And and a lot of days it can feel fruitless or it can feel like no one's doing anything and i can appreciate that people might sit there and see silence coming from their favorite promotion or from their favorite wrestler but we've we've just we've just got to hope and encourage our favorites you know our favorite promotions yeah. wrestlers whatever to come together to be on the same page And i don't i know how how Daft, that might sound to somebody that might it go, doesn't oh, it comes yeah, i don't t- think everybody it does come together and work together and we'll yeah. make really good things happen i appreciate that it might sound stupid but in a situation where no one's the boss of wrestling there's no overarching yeah. council
2: it's all we can hope for isn't it yeah yeah i think um sometimes people need to realize that silence has many meanings like i don't I think a lot of people seem to see it as a negative um and in some instances, you know what, yeah, you're absolutely right, I think it probably is, um, but I think in others, um, I think it's because they just don't know what standpoint to take um and yeah. I think that is because, and i'm I'm gonna say it's because they're men, um and that's not to say that men haven't come forward in this because of course they have um but the names, the majority of names are men um and knowing that you are in a position where you are not one of the people that has been affected you are not one of you know it's hard because there is gonna have to be a line drawn at some point uh when it comes to Uh, what we see in terms of um, acceptable um, with what talent may or may not have known or seen. Um, Mm -hmm. There are questions we are going to have to ask. And when I say we, I, I don't even know if that is something necessarily that should come from fans. It's questions that we probably need to ask ourselves. And this is true of talent and promotions, in terms of uh, involvement. Um, and f- for fans, we need to ask ourselves how we pedestal talent. Um, mm. You know, talent that we really like may have been adding to the toxic environment. Um, and we, we're we going to have to accept that. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that they're predators or abusers. It just means that they may have just not been that nice backstage and added to it, made it acceptable. Um, Mm. And we're going to have to make sure that we address that, um, that we address that with ourselves, that other people address that. um, And we better it, you know? Um, And I think,
0: you know from asking people just over on twitter i mean when i asked fellow fans a lot of whom are men because that's how wrestling goes and Mm -hmm. a lot of them had really well considered well thought out responses as to what they're going to demand of their local promotion in order to feel comfortable going there again um and i appreciate that because some people have huge lists really high expectations yeah and i think that's brilliant i think that's right for them and for other people for whom they 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 don't want to see your code of conduct they they just trust that you'll do it
2: yeah
0: i think that everyone's personal approach to it is valid right yeah and and that's why i think it was important to even bring it up for the people that say i just i just trust that wrestling promotions will just do it we kind of had a responsibility i guess to go yeah, but do you know the breadth of these issues? Yeah. Um. Do you know that a lot of the time they are promoters who don't know these things, that need educating themselves? Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I think when wrestling starts again, which i'm really hopeful as a fan it will happen um i know that what i personally will be asking for which will be just whack your flipping code of conduct whack yeah. your code of conduct up on the website let me know that you're doing something safeguarding in a way that's not like oh yeah just so you know we have got a safeguarding policy and then nothing it's like i'm gonna need to know what that is to in for me to spend my money at that promotion asking you considering everything we've been speaking about what do you personally want to see from promotions going forward because realistically the the likelihood of any promotions coming out and ticking every box that we've discussed here today is slim so do we have i mean we're gonna have to just i don't know adjust our do, what do we need to do? I don't know, <laughs> is what I'm
2: saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is worth remembering that it's going to be different for everyone. Um, everyone has a different expectation. It's it's why I bought up in terms of silence, because I know a lot of people... You know, when I spoke about men, I was referring to, like, male talent, um, you know, male-led promotions, because, you know, we're, we're looking to them for answers. That's what we're doing. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's difficult, because not everyone knows what to to do what the expectation should be um and one of the things that i do feel is that because of that we shouldn't be grudge fans um or talent if they work for a company that has done the work um it's one of those where i think i know that we're gonna get that um again it comes down to this whole rivalry thing that i I don't understand um i really mm-hmm. don't um but i'm i personally will not be holding it against anybody who wants to go you know to shows um and particularly more so if they are from companies that mm-hmm. have you know put publicly their work out um you know it's so hard because i do understand again why companies don't feel comfortable with that wrestling fans can be absolutely brutal um you know i i love them but they are brutal um and there's elements of that that i think have jaded the relationship um because a lot of it will be really trivial stuff um that promotions will have just got sick of um you know in terms of storylines and championships and stuff that realistically doesn't matter you know um if you're a business Mm -hmm. and you can't take that you probably shouldn't be doing it um yeah but when it comes to uh criticisms about uh the the work that is there the policies the way that things are being handled it would be foolish to not listen um because they are the people that if they look at it and decide it isn't good enough they're not going to pay they're not going to come to your training schools they're not going to come to your shows they're going to be incredibly suspicious of anything you do afterwards um you set a bar for yourself with the first thing a lot of people don't realize social media is an um, incredible tool when it comes to things like pr and media It is something that you can use straight off the bat to be able to make statements. Any statement (laughs) that has come out, yeah, like you have set a bar for yourself with anything that you've put out into the public. And if that bar was so low, they're not going to be interested in anything that you do in terms of going higher, which is again why sometimes the silence is, is the best option um you you know you don't in these instances there isn't an answer in terms of um you know in terms of having to give statements until you've got the work there i've seen some pretty knee-jerking ones um I, i mean i've touched upon it already um and i know i know it is so likely they came from a place of where they felt like they were doing the absolute best um yeah and it would have come from a place of naivety probably because this is that it is a difficult subject if you've not dealt with it before it's an incredible difficult thing um mm. but again like you kind of set yourself then a bar of criticism and it is an ongoing piece of
0: work i think so if a promotion comes out with a bunch of documents. It's then to look at what other promotions. I mean, ideally, somebody will come out with a set of documents so tight that other promotions are like that. Are, uh, 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 for want of a better term, ripping it off, and then that's perfectly acceptable. I would hope that if a promotion gets copied, thank God, exactly. Yeah. I'd, I'd hope it. that no one's going to be like, "This is our code of conduct. You can't copy it." It's like, yeah. no, no. Everyone you need should to have ask it. people to copy it if you think it's yeah. good, and then and have that uh, that that conversation hash it out have it change if someone brings something up that you haven't thought about go flipping out yeah we've changed our code of conduct yeah. because we want to include this now and the code of conduct might be different for different promotions depending on what whether they're a family show that has in ring yeah. photo opportunities with taz or well, no taz, taz is big time now taz ain't doing that stuff but with some form <laughs> t- i'd love to meet taz by the way <laughs> um, with some other for with some other like former talent you know they've brought somebody over and and there might be different codes of conduct yeah. for different promotions but yeah. I guess that's what comes back to the whole we need to work
2: together yeah. and have a great old time <laughs> yeah well no that <laughs> is true it. like you can't yeah. You. it's literally it feels so ridiculous that there is a competition right now going on amongst promotions to try and be the best at stopping sexual assault like let that sink in and it is awful like Mm. you know if you are competing to be well look at all of this that we've done rather than actually being like do you know what this is our industry this is our house Mm. we've let the rats infest Mm. it we should probably clean it up now together yeah you know the reason why I wanted you on here
0: to, to chat to about this is because I'm really hoping that it will spark that conversation for people to have with their friends. So that mate that you do go to the shows with every month or whatever and you, you know, op- open these conversations. And, and, and I think it's on, I mean, I would say this always about being kind to each other, but I think when other people share on social media or wherever or in those conversations that you have, um, what what they're willing to put up with so i don't if somebody says i just want to see a code of conduct i don't really care if there's going to be a person there to do safeguarding you can't then shame them and go well you're you're just contributing to abuse because you haven't you're not backing the idea of having someone there for safeguarding it's like uh, we just try people are just trying their best for the most part aren't they and it is for promotions and people in a position of influence to 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 build s- such a foundation. So that's what you said on knowing your open letter when you said, "We need to hold promotions accountable, but they also need to take accountability." Right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's one of those where it's a learning curve as well with fans who are, you know, have that feeling. They maybe just don't understand in the same way that companies are now struggling um in some Mm. cases you know it's it's educating i i believe in constructive rather than destructive dialogue um Mm. you know because i think being constructive is what we need to be now um you know it's one of those where if if companies cannot take these types of criticisms um and build from them then their loyalties were never with fans or even talent you know i i have a genuine fear that talent well you know they'll lose shows they'll lose paydays for saying uh you know for having to make reports for having to speak out um and that's where as fans we need to make sure that we uh are there to kind of go what are you doing you know that that's not right um, you know we need to make sure that the environments are safe for the workers um, but over everything and I think this is like the biggest sort of headline of all of it we need to be doing this for victims It yeah. it's not it's not for the companies to come up with all of this stuff you know it's that whole rivalry competition thing this is some the reason we all need to come together is because of victims like bottom line you know yeah that that's it
0: yeah we've got to believe them we've got to support them yeah i think that noise is going to need to be made because I, I from from my understanding and i'd want to be corrected if i'm wrong but with things like the martial arts code i understand that they i'll i'll, I'll add so editing buzzers this is your opportunity to speak if you've got any further information on this. But as current buzzers, my understanding is that there's a block with Sport England where they don't want to take on wrestling. And I think if we, if we want them to, we need to kick off about it. We need to flipping kick off about it, right? Because we're being expected with like i mentioned this big flipping wrestling person with a big bag of money and all this expertise doesn't exist we're being expected as a community where no one's really qualified to do this because the qualification doesn't exist to try and reinvent the wheel where in a lot of cases that wheel already exists, and we just need to push to be given access to it right
2: yeah um... the mac have wanted professional wrestling um they believe it fits the criteria um, okay. sports england keeps saying no and a lot of that mm. comes down to i think partly credibility um not everyone takes wrestling seriously um I, that's that doesn't a personal mean it doesn't opinion. exist guys it
0: doesn't mean it doesn't exist it doesn't mean that there aren't victims yeah. sitting at home suffering because yeah. of the pop like that's what scares me the most is that as, as wrestling has become more and more popular as more and more people have started to go to shows as it's as we see people on tv succeeding more and more young people are seeing that and want that success and so should they so they should be able to go to they should be able to go to training schools oh i could cry
2: wrestling has been on our national terrestrial televisions even you know even last year i mean everyone has to have freeview now digital boxes It's even on there. Like Wrestling is available, but it was even on ITV. Yeah. I was interested to see
0: Andy Quilden from RevPro talking, um, again, on that aforementioned podcast. He spoke about the big piece of work he had to do to legitimise wrestling to the Home Office, I think it was, in order to get visas for wrestlers. Yeah. Um, And he was saying that he had to write out this lot like, I mean he did then go on to say that he wouldn't cuz somebody suggested that he publishes it so that everyone could have a read of it cuz it sounds really interesting and he said no because he didn't want other projects I think he was semi joking but he didn't want other promotions to see it and be able to use it which <laughs> uh, I mean yeah. let's let's leave that where it is um but I thought it was a really important uh, important point that there was a piece of work involved in getting the Home Office to understand the legitimacy of wrestling, because I think Andy had said that he'd had to write about it right from, like, travelling circus times or something, I don't know. He was talking about, like, he had to really go back in time to to show how wrestling was legitimate. Um, And it just seems completely bananas to me that if we can get the Home Office to go, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. We can't get Sports England to go, oh, okay, I'll get it. Just It just flipping bamboozles me. Is there anything else that you feel like it's important that we cover? I mean, there's loads to talk about, and we could go on for four and a half hours, but I'm suggesting that we don't do that just now. Um, but I think it's something that people do need to have have discussions with their pals about, right? Um, yeah. And use yeah. this time while wrestling is... I mean, it's all right, people going, yeah, well... We're we're gonna put our we're gonna put things on hold for now. It's coronavirus, of course you're gonna put things on hold. That yeah, doesn't mean you've you're got doing all the time
2: right now to be doing yeah. it. You know, we're in it's the like middle of a pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's no excuses. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You've had five weeks. You know, where are the receipts? Is basically where I'm at with it. You know, I I want to see personally. I want to be able to see on websites you don't have to send them to me i'm not when I say personally, I mean in my own opinion, you know I want in your to own see time. yeah, I want to be able to see like policies, I want to see codes of conduct, you know I don't want to see distraction and deflection anymore, like that's done i i I'm, I'm sick of it you know i I don't want to see it, you know, I want to see companies cleaning their own houses as best they can um you know, and when I say as best they can, if you have had reports even previous to now those reports need to be taken seriously i don't want to hear going forward any reports we get will be under these grievance procedures and policies and whatever bullshit you think is going to make people feel better no i i don't care people don't change overnight you know, the rehabilitation is possible. But if you're turning and saying to me, you know, I'll give an example. If Jimmy Savile was rehabilitated, would I feel comfortable with him around my kids? No, he's a, he's a paedophile. Mm. You don't take him back there. He doesn't get the incentive of a door being left open. Um, you know, I, I want to see these people taking it seriously and even... It's going to be hard because in some cases it's going to be their mates. Them understanding that it's not acceptable. You know, it's just not acceptable. Um, You know, all of the reports need to be taken seriously. All of them need to be investigated properly. But they also need to be investigated properly with the care and the attention that they deserve. Um, You know, these people, these, these victims deserve that. They deserve to have protection now where they weren't given it before they deserve dignity now where they didn't have it before you know if there's one thing that I that I do off of this it's that make sure that all of those victims out there understand that I believe them and that I've got them and that I will I'm gonna be like that video of the hen with all of its chicks under its wing that's going to be me. I'm, I'm, I am the umbrella protecting them. They don't need to worry about it because I've got it. I'm, and I will keep shouting about it until it's heard. And I'm not just, you know, seen as a bit of a, a pain and the same with other fans. Cause I know there's other fans doing exactly the same thing. And we don't, we shouldn't be discredited as, you know, being, I, I don't know, annoying and opinionated. We're, we're, we're telling you from experience these are the things i'm gonna keep banging on that door basically good it's simple we need it
0: we need it and we need we need everyone i mean i'm not telling everyone what they should do what they you know what their standards should be um no what they should want but what i will say particularly from a from a from a personal perspective we've got to believe victims even when it hurt like I can tell you from experience that there's had to be we've got to believe victims even when it means that we lose people that we love even when it means speaking to people that we feel so close to and saying this is unacceptable like we we can't we've got to believe victims because how I feel about it personally is I would rather believe a victim and somehow be proved wrong than Stand by an abuser and be proved wrong. I can't. I can't live like that. As a, as a as a woman, as a as a human, I can't. I can't live like that. So that's my stance on it. Whatever your stance is on it, we've got to. Res- you know, not you, Nona. I know what your stance is on it because we just had a big chat about it. But the listeners, what whatever your whatever your stance on it is, I'll respect you. But what I will say is, for the good of the people that follow you on social media, for the good of the the women in your life if someone speaks out and you don't believe them sort of shut your mouth <laughs> on that because if you speak up and say no this person is a liar then everyone around you that loves you and feels like they can rely on you should god forbid something happen they might think i can't tell them because there's yeah. a chance that they won't believe me and who who wants to live with that who wants to live with that guilt and pain no one just Believe victims. If you don't believe victims, just shut up about it. You've you have you have got to stop. You've got to stop. Just, just please. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah. saying on that. <laughs> and with that, no, no, I think I'm gonna wrap things up. I'm I'm so grateful to the. I can tell that you've put time and consideration and thought and research into coming and speaking to me today and that that just means such a lot to me the the open letter that you wrote i'm hoping that you'll tell people your twitter handle so they can come they can follow you and see those messages that you're spreading because i think it's really important so oh, what you. what? how can people find you uh
2: they can find me um at nona marana so n-o-n-a-m-i-r-a-n-a that's where they can find me
0: Last week when I did the handover with Matt, Matt Richards and I and they said, so where can people find you? I said, bozzers. But ozzers are everywhere. I don't know what came over me. I'm a 33-year-old adult woman. But there we go. That's just that, that's just one of those, isn't it? Not everyone's always on podcasts. This is new to a lot of us. So. I know. I know. So, yeah. This is
2: my first time. It's very very I mean, strange. we didn't know each
0: other until we started s- singing off the same hymn sheet with this right we didn't we've, yeah we've not we have not we have not been lifelong friends we've, no. we've sort of connected to one another as a result of having these sort yeah. of like shared hopes for the future and um you know all, all i ask is that as listeners you you just take some time to just to just listen and um yeah that just And look after,
2: they need to look after themselves at the end of this, you know, Uh, if anything has been difficult to listen to, please go and, you know, have some self-care, you know, stay hydrated, watch some animal videos, (laughs) eat a donut, anything, anything that makes you feel... Safe. Reach out to people.
0: Everyone keeps telling me to watch Hamilton.
2: Uh, I can't believe that you haven't. Like I keep singing it randomly around the house. I just, you know, I'll be doing something and then it'll just suddenly come out. I can't help myself. It's brilliant.
0: I need to get on that Disney Plus
2: hype. Hamilton um, self care. With that.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that can be part of my afternoon self care. um Regarding this podcast going forward, choose not your. I can't wait to show you all of the cool shit that we've got coming up. I say we, I I mean me. But I'm, I'm so reliant on pals and contributors and friends and you guys over on Twitter and on social media to help me with making this what i want it to be um what i'm going to do is give this podcast a few weeks i want to let it breathe i want to give you time to chat to your friends i want to take some time to take stock of what's happening in the industry see what's going to happen going forward with promotions stay tuned give me a follow or you can um, send me an email that's Kirsty k-i-r-s-t-y at boslers.co.uk or just tweet use the hashtag tuesday not jaw get involved uh your opinion really matters to me um I'll, I'll i'll see you in a couple of weeks it's going to be good i'll flipping promise you you're not going to believe what i've got coming up all right bye
2: acast powers the world's best podcasts here's
1: a show that we recommend